0: Welcome back to our second episode of Phaser Friday. Uh, First, we got to thank our second episode sponsor, which is ourselves. Uh, Phaser Friday is brought to you by Phaser Marketing. Let's be honest, you either own a small business or you know somebody that does. Phaser Marketing offers a one-stop shop marketing team for your business. They stop you from wasting your valuable time trying to juggle and learn the core elements of marketing. If you want to focus more on what you do best, make sure to check out our website at phasermarketing.com and take your business to the next level. Thanks for that ad read phaser. And with that, I want to introduce our second guest. I've wanted to have this guest on before we even started the show. So I'm super excited to introduce founder, owner, good friend of mine, Gage Maruz, founder and owner of GreenStain. Welcome on Gage.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, Good to be here. Yeah, just all around stoked for this conversation. I feel like it's been a long time coming, so just super uh, excited to dive in here.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to jump into, you know, some questions and get some insight on your business, uh, Greenstain, but also just your entrepreneurial uh, journey. I know you helped me get started with Phaser uh, way in the beginning back in 2019, Um, you know, so I, I guess from there, if you don't mind just talking a little bit about yourself and you know, talk about what you do with GreenStain and what you do in your personal
1: life. Yeah, for sure. So just kind of, I guess everything I'm involved with right now. So um, like you're saying, founder and CEO of GreenStain, started that back in the fall of 2018. Then we formally got our LLC established in December of 2018. So I'll dive into that a little bit deeper here in a bit, but I'm also a field marketing manager at Artrival, which is a youth culture agency here in the Lincoln, Nebraska area, specifically in the Haymarket. Um, and I manage 20 brand agents on the Hollister account, which is super fun. Um, along with that, a uh, guitarist, producer, songwriter, I'm in a band called Free Mind, which is a blast. Love those guys. It's just great to be able to perform music. Um, and then I'm also the house director and alumni advisor for Beta Theta Pi, which is a fraternity chapter that I was a part of when I was an undergrad for um, University of Nebraska. That's
0: awesome. So clearly I know this, but you do so much. <laughs> so how do you manage what you do? I mean, you have so many things going on. So how do you manage your time and how do you manage, maybe prioritize uh, what you have to do?
1: Totally. Um yeah, it's uh, certainly a challenge finding balance and like figuring out which things you need to prioritize at what time. I think the biggest thing for me um, with just all of those things I listed, it's all stuff I really love and I get so much value from, and it is really re energizing in a way. And so I think for me, um, you know, when I am just grinding on spreadsheets and doing stuff with Green Stain or Arch Rival, and I'm, you know, always on managing these 20 brand agents, at the end of the day, like once, um, kind of clocked out from that stuff, being able to dive into music, like I'm just using a different side of my brain. And so it's re energizing in a different way. It's not like that analytical. Um, it's more of that creative side, which is um, awesome. And just like I was saying, a little more re energizing. And so from there, like standing, starting to find balance of cool, what are those things that kind of bring me back to even if I'm starting to get stressed out or whatever else. So they all kind of blend together. And I learn so much from each one. And it's Kind of gnarly how much um, even music and writing songs and producing kind of feeds into just all all around creativity and you know how you want to grow a business and how you want to structure things and how you want to communicate with other people to like clearly establish what your vision is and and help them um, with your mission. Do you do
0: you feel like you're busy? I mean, do you just feel (laughs) okay? Good. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Whenever I you know text you or reach out to you, it just seems like man, he's. He's doing everything and this is this is amazing. But um, you know, I, I applaud you for for doing so much. And, you know, I just think it's so cool that uh, you just have your hand in so many things, but you're so curious to learn and grow in so many different areas. Um, you know, and with that, I just I really want to jump in and learn a little bit more about Greenstain, um, how you got started, and I guess what is what is the mission
1: between your business? Totally. It's a wild story. Um, and I'll start with kind of just the formulation of Green Stain at the beginning of college. Um, but first, I guess to give context for what Green Stain is and kind of our mission. So, Green Stain currently is an eco friendly apparel brand. Um, and our goal is just to make the absolute biggest impact possible on the world. And so, the reason why it's called Green Stain is like leaving that lasting permanent mark on the world, that green mark, that sustainable mark for more sustainable future. And so, of our sole mission is to like actively reverse climate change and redefine culture to be environmentally conscious and you know finding a way to establish eco-friendly um as the norm you know these eco-friendly alternatives so one day we can just completely eliminate the word eco-friendly because that's just the way things are so that's kind of um just all around the basis you know and we take steps to identify like carbon footprints of our garments and how we can offset those and all of our packaging and everything we do is eco-friendly um, and which for some people can be a challenge for finding all those small little things like packaging and stickers and even tape and finding all those alternatives. And so um, it's been fun being able to I don't know, kind of put together this list and just help other people out, help other business owners out with going eco-friendly and choosing those options. So where the story starts, um, when I first entered college, I came in with a mechanical engineering major, which everything I just listed before about what I'm doing now, has absolutely nothing to do with that. But to me, I was like, uh, probably pays well, super generic. I'm really good at math and science. Um, And then later on in my freshman year, I got involved with the Environmental Leadership Program, which was a club at the University of Nebraska. And that was just incredibly fulfilling. Like getting to do these projects where I was actually making an impact, like a tangible impact. I'm seeing the data, I'm talking with people and like making real change happen. That was super inspiring and it was super fulfilling. And so... From that time on, I kind of, you know, during sophomore year, just had this immense amount of self-discovery of like, who am I actually, what am I good at? What are my strengths? What do I want to do? How do I want to impact the world? Like literally just, you know, trying to redefine all of these aspects of myself. Um, and then from there, almost dropped out of college. Uh, <laughs> I was like, cool. Uh, these all points to entrepreneurship. Let's find yeah. an idea and let's let's bounce. Like, let's just work on this full time. Um, And you know me, like when I get an idea, just hit full send immediately. And so (laughs) it took a couple of weeks, almost dropped out. Uh, Thank God for my friends. They talked me out of it. So still (laughs) finished strong, ended up switching my major to environmental studies. And that's kind of when my journey towards this more environmentally based mission started. Um, I got involved with the Outdoor Adventure Center and I was a bike mechanic there. I was a climbing instructor, a kayak instructor, just wanted to learn as much as possible about like just the outdoor world. Um, I started working on sustainability projects for like solar umbrellas for the university where they kind of have these umbrellas outside the union. You can sit down, charge your laptop, your phone, whatever else, um, and then put together a proposal, worked with the university. It didn't pass. Um, It lost in the student senate like 49 to 51 votes. So like the slimmest margin. And that was crushing. And that was like a really big setback for me. But Went back to the drawing board, figured out how I could do it better, um, figured out how I could get more experience. Got a job at the Office of Sustainability on campus where I was actually an advisor for people that were doing those types of projects. And I was helping the university redefine their recycling program. And, you know, now sustainability is a core pillar of the University of Nebraska. And it wasn't before I had that job, which is really, really cool. And so I wanted to take it to the next step. Um, and I found myself in New Zealand where I was interning at the New Zealand Green Building Council. and it was supposed to be an eight week unpaid internship. And they ended up hiring me on for the rest of the summer. And they wanted me to stay and not go back to school and kind of do some consulting with them. But I knew it was uh, kind of the right thing to take what I learned yeah. there, bring it back, start a business, because that was ultimately my goal with going down there was figuring out this business idea. So came back from New Zealand, um, on the plane ride home, had the idea for green St. I was like, I Was gonna do sustainability uh, consulting for like these big businesses, but I was like, I gotta change culture. Like Mm -hmm. I think that's the that's the key thing. Like I was sitting in on these meetings in New Zealand with key industry leaders and people that were, um, you know, talking about well, I want my building in our new construction project to be environmentally certified because it sounds cool and people value that rather than actually changing culture. So. The core of Greenstein was to, you know, shift people's perspective to really see the value in this whole better way of doing things and this more positive way of doing things. And initially, when I got back in August of 2018, Greenstein was uh, doing affiliate work with Amazon eco-friendly products. And as you know, affiliates—it's you make a really small amount of commission yeah. for every sale—was not a sustainable business model. And the irony in that is just hilarious. Yeah, right. <laughs> And so again, went back to the drawing board. Like if you're getting anything out of this story, it's like there are roadblocks everywhere. You got to pivot, you got to adapt. And I was like, cool. What is one of the best ways to impact culture? What are facets of culture that, um, you know, people draw a ton of inspiration from that really shift people's perspectives and fashion and apparel was, was one of those. Mm -hmm. Um, And with that, you know, building a brand fashion is just a great way to do that you know it's iconic it's a walking billboard essentially it's a good way to tell a story and so found a manufacturer that created eco-friendly blank Mm t-shirts made out of six recycled plastic bottles um this really premium tensile fiber made from wood shavings from eucalyptus trees and then u.s organic grown cotton and so that was our product. That was the business model. I wanted to further figure out how I can make an impact. So we had the model of you buy one t shirt, we'll plant a tree. And here are all the stats that um, prove that like tree planting is a great way to take carbon out of the atmosphere, right. all these things. So for the longest time, and even our current product offerings, that's still what we have, we'll print designs on them, put our branding on them, um, and then further just tell this environmental impact side of the story. Um, <laughs> it's just so again so many so many random roadblocks but in may of 2019 when all my friends were leaving college again i was switching majors and stuff so i had to finish out yeah. through the summer that was my goal to run green Saint full-time i'm like screw getting a job like this is my plan a b c d all the way through z yeah for sure um, i gotta make this work so i had a buddy that had just kind of this office space in downtown Lincoln, above this bar on O Street. And so me and Noah Thornton, who is um, lead singer of Free Mind. He also does his own solo work with uh, the name Noah Marley. We were making music up there. I had my green stain office up there and we were just grinding every single day. Late in July, we ended up getting robbed and we lost a ton of inventory, like thousands of dollars worth of inventory. And that was how I paid for food to eat. Yeah,
0: dude, I remember rent. hearing that story <laughs> and it it just broke my heart because you were all in on this and you were, yeah. you know, every dollar made yeah, was going to food and going to rent yeah. and to hear that somebody came in and robbed you. Um I guess how did that story end? I I remember yeah. a lot of the details and uh, I don't know if you want to share them but sure. um yeah.
1: Yeah, uh well like you're saying tragic like absolutely tragic like was really down for a good minute like stare at the wall like what am I going to do like the way that I'm eating food was just kind of stolen and how do I pivot is this a sign that I'm not supposed to do this like Mm -hmm. do I have to get a real job now was that the plan all along and now I have to go do that and so like my whole life in that moment just felt like it took this shift and was like wow I got to really just reevaluate everything. I thought my future was going to be and um, they didn't end up finding the people that did rob us. But there's always kind of a similar like a silver lining for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sharing that experience on some podcasts was talking to some people at the university um, did kind of a radio show with KRNU um, at the university, which is kind of their student radio station. From that one of the producers from the Big Ten Network caught wind of it. And they're like, hey, we want to help you out. Like your business sounds really unique. It sounds like you're trying to make a difference. It sounds like you're yeah. all in. And this sucks. Like, let's help you. And I'm like, oh, for sure. Like, let's go. The network. Yeah. He's like, I tell you what, let's do a 60 second spotlight on GreenStain and we'll air it during all of our Big Ten events for the year. And I'm like, wow, that sounds pretty cool. That sounds pretty. That's I like that. I like that a lot. It's yeah. a cool idea. Uh, so we filmed that in August. It got us tons of momentum, tons mm-hmm. of traction. Um, I mean, if you know, Nebraska football, it's huge in Nebraska, there's a lot of eyes. And I was getting yeah. Snapchats of people just at bars and I'd be on the screen and they'd be like, That's Hey, so cool. this guy? and it was a trip. Um, and they're still playing it today, which is insane. And like, they've been nothing but nice and really right. were one of the big reasons why a green stain is still alive today, essentially mm-hmm. is because people kind of stepped in and, and wanted to help. Um, so after that story, got some momentum, um, ended up graduating in August of 2019, fashionably late, which yeah. you know me, makes sense. Right. Uh, and then uh, got hired on at Arch Rival in September, um, which was actually really, really exciting. And just kind of how this role opened up for field marketing at Arch Rival was just very serendipitous and uh, just super grateful for that opportunity. And then giving me a good look um, even though I had no experience in college with marketing whatsoever, but big problem solver. So we, we made it work. So,
0: you know, with Arch Rival, that's your full-time job. I mean, for everyone listening, that's, that's your full-time job. And then Greenstain is your full-time job as well. I mean, how (laughs) do you feel like when you're working on Greenstain, which is probably all the time, do yeah. you calculate your hours? Do you know how much you're working? Or is it just such a big part of your life and something you love to do that you don't even know how many hours
1: you put in? Yeah, it's it's the latter for sure. Um, yeah. It, uh, I mean, it's just something I think about every day, all the time. Like when I am working on things with Arch Rival, it's consciously like checking myself and being like, cool, how can I relay whatever information I'm learning, whatever experience I'm gaining, How can that then translate to green stain? And as you can imagine, like working with 20 brand agents for Hollister, who is this established global clothing brand, Mm -hmm. I'm learning a lot on how to run a clothing brand and how to market that and who to market it to. So... I mean, it really they both go hand in hand with each other. And there's tons of things I've learned from Greenstain that I've then been able to provide value to Hollister and to Arch Rival, which has been um, just super mutually beneficial. But yeah, I mean, they're, uh, <laughs> they both kind of feel like full time jobs. But yeah. it, at the end of the day, it is something I love to do. And, um, you know, making that impact is super re energizing. And are there times where I don't want to look at anything Greenstain?
0: Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's uh, that's so cool because I know I, that's why I love being around you and hanging out with you so much is because you just have that passion for uh, the things you're doing and the things you want to do, whether that's your full time job or GreenStain or your Thank music. You, so it's just so fun to be around you because it motivates me as well. And I know you and I are very similar. With um, you know, I'm still working a full time job. Uh, but it's it's in marketing. So it's I'm still learning and growing and using that as an avenue towards phaser marketing and uh continuing to learn every single day and push myself. But when it comes to phaser and somebody asked me the other day, um, like how many hours do you put in a week? I have no idea. I mean, yeah, I just totally it, lunch breaks, nights, weekends, <laughs> whenever I can. It's it's all that. And then we've yeah. we've built a, a team to help you know, when I am working full time, um, to kind of fill in those gaps and even, uh, Tia out in Australia to take the night shift from, uh, you know, midnight till 8. AM. So nah. we've got, you know, a good system to where we're working 24 hours a day, but, um, you know, it doesn't feel like work to me. And it sounds like, nah. you know, with you and your passion, uh, for sustainability with Greenstein, it's, it's so rewarding to see that,
1: uh, come back. Yeah, without a doubt. And yeah, I appreciate you saying that, by the way. Um, Of course. You know, I think what would be important for, you know, listeners to take away from this too, is that anything you are, say you have this side hustle or this passion, and maybe it is a business, or maybe you're looking to start in a business, if you have another job or other things you're involved with there are ways where you can, you know, shift your perspective a little bit to find those commonalities where now you're learning constantly to help that side hustle. And so I'm sure you've seen it at your full-time job, but where, you know, even if you're just working with patients, it's like, Hey, what are your thoughts on marketing? Yeah. You know, like, how do you just insert that into the conversation, gain these new perspectives on people, even ask them about their day? What do they care about? What's their routine? You're getting real insights from, from real people, from real people. Yeah. Yeah and
0: you know with uh going back to what you're saying just with uh people looking to start a business um i think a big misconception is you need to take this big leap into entrepreneurship or you need to um get an investor or take on a bunch of debt or buy a commercial building or something like that there's so many businesses businesses now and so many resources out there where you can get started and you don't have to leave your full-time job Um, I I think a lot of it is the willingness to put in the work and, you know, not go out all the time on the weekends and maybe stay in Thursday night, Wednesday night, you know, whatever it takes, but it's a lot easier to do those things when it's something you're passionate about. So if you're passionate about something and you know, there's, there could be a way to make money. I guess my suggestion would be to reach out to somebody like you or myself who are kind of that lower, lower level entrepreneur that's willing to figure everything out and kind of just grind through everything. Um, but we haven't definitely haven't made it yet. You know, yeah, totally. Um, yeah. I think, I think we have a lot of stories to tell and a lot of advice <laughs> to give. And and that's really for the sure. whole reason for this phaser Friday, you know, we're going to bring on guests all different ages and all different, um, um, stages in their business, you know, so it'll just be good for anyone listening to take some advice and just ask, questions because i know anyone that we bring on here is going to be
1: open to answering any questions that that you have for sure yeah that's a great point um <laughs> yeah you and i can go off on on stories of how we've had to pivot in certain ways and right. just oh, big yeah. learning moments when yeah you don't know what the heck's going on but you got to do something and it's then part you of it learn from that yeah it's part of the it's part of the grind for sure
0: so going back to you know kind of the um somebody looking to get into entrepreneurship, uh, maybe start a small business on the side, maybe something remote. Uh, Are there any resources, like essential resources that you'd recommend uh, they look into, or maybe they already have a small business and, you know, something to help systemize their business or make their life easier? Is there
1: anything you'd recommend for that? For sure. Um, A couple things. The first one, You know, I think a lot of times people can view social media as this like toxic place, right? Where people are comparing themselves to other things this, you know, seeing Instagram as like this Mm -hmm. highlight reel versus, you know, the more raw authentic moments that are happening in our lives. And ultimately you are the one following people on Instagram. And so if you are the combination of the five closest people around you, and if that ends up being digitally, especially through covid Make that really inspiring, make that a really inspiring place to where, you know, those are the people that are coaching you, pushing you to be a better version of yourself, giving you inspiration, you know, feeding your passions, these things that you like to do and you want to keep that momentum with. And so I think curating your social media, um, as an early entrepreneur or somebody looking to get in, like getting started, call somebody like Gary V who puts out an insane amount of content, um, motivating you telling you to just do it. Like anything like that, you just get those constant reminders, that's going to start triggering things. And in your own head, those voices are going to start coming in of like, oh, that's right. Gary said to just get started. So I got to do that. And, you know, it can be really tough sometimes to find mentors in person that, you know, maybe have done what you are trying to do or are in it right now that can just take your energy, point you in the right direction. And it's it's off to the races, but sometimes we don't have that luxury. And so- You know, being able to find these mentors digitally and finding somebody who has the blueprint, who's done it before. And how do you adapt? How do you put your own spin on it? Um, If somebody's super into trading cards, cool. They made a successful career out of it. That's the blueprint. So just hop on that. And they're doing things for a reason. It's probably working. Take that. Put your own spin on it. Everything is (laughs) able to be monetized. Even if you're like, I don't know, it's this weird it's this weird niche like I'm the guy that makes shoelaces. It's like right. yeah there's a lot of shoes out there man. Like yeah exactly. Yeah they're they're look,
0: they're looking pretty smart right now. So yeah. Um so you know with uh with Greenstain and with Archrival um I know you work a lot with Gen Z and yeah. um I am you know I'm a millennial I'm kind of um I see both sides. I work with a lot of marketing agencies who mm-hmm. work Wow, with Gen Z and how to target them. So I kind of get to see both sides. Uh, but what is your experience with Gen Z? Um, how is this different, I guess? And what is your yeah. opinion on that? Totally. Um,
1: yeah, it's it's hilarious to <laughs> hear you say that you are a millennial because I forget that you are just a little bit older than me. Yeah, but I'm an old fart. Yeah. I um I think I'm the cusp. I'm like, uh, two, one or two years from like being um, in the older generation. So I think I am technically Gen Z. Yeah. But with, um, you know, the, the middle of the pack Gen Z, those that are maybe like 16 to 19 years old right now, mm-hmm. they're a lot more mature than we think, than a lot of people think. And they've had yeah. to grow up really fast. And, you know, these are the people during COVID that don't get a prom and they've had yeah. to deal with these crazy, crazy social issues with Black Lives Matter and the Asian hate that we're seeing right now, like really heavy stuff. You tack that on with climate change, COVID, these kids got to grow up a lot faster than anybody has in the past. And now they have social media where they're getting all this stimuli, they're getting all this information. A lot of that is good educational stuff, but a lot of that is really heavy. And so they've had to figure a lot of shit out. Yeah. Um, I feel like
0: I was pretty immature at 16. I mean, I for sure
1: was dude. And, yeah.
0: <laughs> and you know, there's a lot of 16 year olds that are still immature, but yeah. I, I feel like, and um, maybe you can attest to this, but I feel like there's more um, entrepreneurs out there and, yeah. you know, I haven't been in this that long, so I'm not going to pretend like I'm an expert, but I just feel like with, you know, these uh, the TikTok uh creator portal and like YouTube and all these things going on, Uh, these kids are understanding the value of traffic and the value of eyes on content or mainly content and if you can produce content um, your uh, customers or visitors don't have to pay but really what that does the more visitors and traffic you gain you can make revenue elsewhere and it it feels like they're understanding that and they're finding these entrepreneur entrepreneurship um, paths and goals and they're starting their own businesses whether it's just producing content or uh, mm-hmm. selling things through a Shopify store. I mean, I, I feel like I've kind of seen that with the younger uh, Gen Z.
1: Absolutely. And I love that your head went there because that's exactly right. And we, at our we put out a ton of trend publications and mm-hmm. um, we even have a podcast where our insights lead, Julia and our fa- co-founder and CEO, Clint Runge, um, they're on there talking about like what's happening in the world. How is Gen Z responding to that? What will happen as a result of this? Um, and a big thing that we're seeing in one of our earliest like trend publications is exactly that. Like Gen Z is more likely to take the route of entrepreneurship because, um, they don't like these constrictions that are put on them by society, you know, especially somebody let's take the music industry because that's a really easy example. Um, you know, traditionally you'd have to go to a studio, find a mix engineer, find a producer who can make the song. Maybe you just need to sing over it. They'll make it sound pretty. They'll take that to a mastering engineer. They'll make it essentially sound like it's ready for Spotify. And then boom, they have teams that will market it, they do their own things within the music industry to give it to certain labels, whatever else. Now, all of that is accessible at home. So you literally can get this $40 little keyboard with a couple drum pads, you get a free version of GarageBand with your Mac laptop, and then boom, you can be a producer, you got YouTube tutorials, you got every resource you can to be like, nice, I can make my own songs at home and then learn how to mix engineer, learn how to master. And then boom, it's on Spotify and I'm putting it on TikTok and now I'm getting followers. Like there's so many avenues, there's so many resources to learn and to start. And I think that's a big reason too, why, um, you know, college admissions and people like trying to go to college are so low among Gen Z right now and not so low, but they are, you know not growing exponentially, like they maybe were predicted in the past or or should have been.
0: Right. And uh, another point to that too, is the, uh, the idea of freelancing and subcontracting. And, you know, there's so many different ways now where you can just make money on the side or make money from home, in addition to your full time job. And so if you have these skills, or if you learn these skills through YouTube or Google, um, most people that are looking for a project to be completed, aren't requiring you to have a bachelor's degree in marketing. It's like, Hey, if you can, if you can uh, design this really well, and I pay you this much, we're good. You know, I don't really even care or want to know what kind of schooling you went through. But if you show me your past work and show me your portfolio, and and that's what a lot of people are doing now. It's there's so many freelancers and contractors out there, which is such a good thing because um, they can work for many companies and, you know, give them the work that the companies are looking for but not have all this wasted 8 to 5 Monday through Friday time in the office where they're just standing by the water cooler or filling out their march madness bracket which I did today
1: at work but <laughs> love it no dude amazing yeah i um, you know i've done a lot of recruitment in the past and you know seen specifically now like what a lot of you know big organizations are trying to prioritize with you know what things do you put on a resume what are recruiters looking yeah. for as far as experience and education is like quickly falling off if you have like you're saying this portfolio like say you're a graphic designer who cares about your degree if you're right. making beautiful work and you have a website and you have business and you have your own freelance right. stuff your education doesn't matter at that point cuz you're showing your work that's that's awesome and so the yeah. fact that like now for a lot of people they're like do i need to go to college if i can still foster this skill set do my passion, do a little freelance work, things like Fiverr and other services where I can just connect myself with people who need this type of service. Now, when you go to an employer, they're looking at your portfolio, they're looking at your GPA. And right. one of the reasons why I believe I got hired on at our tribal was because Greenstein was that portfolio. And right. at the time, the summer before I got hired on, I had four interns and I was directly managing them and trying to be mm-hmm. this mentor figure and not just, hey, I'm helping you help me with Greenstein and, you know, maybe it's marketing, maybe it's internal things, but I'm trying to help you grow. And then right. within that, that was my portfolio and my, you know, experience for field marketing managing. And that's essentially what I do now with with these brand agents. It's going to be interesting
0: uh when we have kids, like, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and they they hit 18 years old and what college is going to look like then. Cause you know, I I got a four year degree. I'm happy I did. And, paying off my loans now, but, um, you know, and I really think it's going to be a lot different in 18 years and how our parents told us how little they paid for college. And we're going to talk about how much we paid. I think it's going to go back down of why did you pay that much for college? And it's like,
1: I don't know. I didn't, I guess I didn't really know that much about it for sure. And yeah, I could go down major rabbit holes about um, just college in general. But I think a way to even, you know, tie this back into some of the themes we're talking about Mm -hmm. at the beginning of this podcast. um, For me personally, the biggest thing I got out of college was the people and the experiences and you can call it networking, call it whatever you want. I hate the word networking. It just sounds way too robotic and formal, but (laughs) you're meeting people and you're making genuine connections. And, through that opportunities happen and mutually beneficial ones. Like, how yeah. can I help you? And they're like, right. well, how can I help you? And so that's, although that was a big takeaway from college, that's something that's super applicable with any business owner or with anybody doing anything at all is don't be afraid to go meet people and make those connections and ultimately provide value. Because if you're providing value, that stuff is going to find you in in some way, you know, you, you put that out in the world, it's going to come back. So um, that's something even <laughs> hopefully I've been trying to do with green Sane and providing value to people and yeah. providing value to the world. Um, I think if we didn't have that mission, the big 10 network wouldn't have reached out to us. You know, right. there, there wouldn't have been that value. There wouldn't have been that reason to keep that ship afloat and make some change happen.
0: Right. And going off of that, you know, so we're talking about trying to be a resource and that's exactly what this phase of Friday is for. Is just trying to be a resource. You know, I'm not asking for any money from anyone sitting in on here It's just trying to break down that bridge uh, or that wall, I should say of you know talking about entrepreneurship and just talking about business and if somebody's interested, like how can they kind of connect with somebody and you know kind of going off of that, is there what's a good way uh, anyone listening can either contact you or find Greenstein?
1: Um, I guess what do you have as far as uh, contact info? For sure. I think honestly, one of the the best ways, if you want to reach out to me on social media, whether that's directly or to any GreenStain account, um, GreenStain Un- Environmental is our Facebook, Pinterest, LinkedIn, Instagram, all that stuff. Um, mm. It's either GreenStain underscore environmental or green stain dot environmental. Um, but if you search GreenStain on Google or any social media, we'll, we'll pop up. There's not a lot of things called yeah, <laughs> GreenStain right. or anything similar, which is awesome. Um, otherwise you can search me gauge Maruse at either of those things and reach out to me in DM and I will definitely get back to you. Um, otherwise you can email me my emails on social profiles. Otherwise you can email at info at greenstain.net Um, and I can get back to you and yeah, we'd love any questions too. And just being able to provide any sort of help to anybody.
0: Awesome. Sounds good, man. Well, we're going to wrap it up with that. Uh, I appreciate awesome. you being on It was so fun to catch up and just uh, hear more about what you're doing with GreenStain. You know, I'm so excited to just continue watch, you know, watching where you take GreenStain and just the impact that you continue to have every single day and the passion that you're putting into it. It's just, it's, uh, it's so motivating. And I just, I'm so grateful that we got to sit down, uh, today and and talk over that. So,
1: yeah, Luke, I appreciate the hell out of that, man. And yeah, I might have to just block out three hours next time. Cause we could, <laughs> we yeah, could just yeah. go off for forever, but yeah. Uh, really appreciate you just individually as a person and you know, what you've been able to build with phaser and the success you've had in the grind. And it's tough, man. Like a lot of this stuff goes unacknowledged sometimes and you know, that's okay. A lot of the hours and that's okay. And uh, yeah. you know, I just want to acknowledge all the hard work that you've put in and you know, all the problem solving you've had to do And you're a real stand up guy and you've helped me a ton with a lot of things for Greenstein. So yeah, uh, just really grateful for our friendship and all the mutually beneficial opportunities that we can continue to provide with each other.
0: I appreciate that, man. All right, well, we're gonna stay in touch, and uh, yeah, thanks again so much for jumping on Phaser Friday.
1: You betcha. And for everybody else, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. All
0: right, <laughs> all right, man. We'll talk to you later. Have a wonderful night. You too. Take care. Yeah, man.